0: Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. My name is Josh Lyons. I've been listening to Hardcore Punk since 1995. I have booked shows, put out a fanzine, run a record label, and now I'm doing a podcast. This is the Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. Before this episode starts, I'm going to play two songs for you. One's from the band Scumfire, and the other is from Troubleshooter. After the songs, I'll be back to tell you more about the artists. First song you heard is by the band Scumfire out of Buffalo. The track is called Bait Bricks, and it's off their Trash Film 12-inch EP, which is available for pre-order now from Collective.bigcartel.com. Jared will tell us about this and other releases available on his label during the interview. The second song you heard is by the band Troubleshooter, and it's called Snake Oil. As we discuss in the interview, Jared plays bass in this band. The single is available for streaming everywhere now. After the interview and after the episode concludes, we'll also hear a couple other tracks from Jared's bands. So make sure you stick around after the episode for that. Welcome to episode 32. As always, you can find the podcast on the web at enterprisehardcorepodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, enterprisehardcorepodcast, Hardcore Podcast, and most of the other social media channels. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had an episode. Uh, as I was just talking to my buddy Jared, before the episode started, I had a uh, a new child uh, came into the world, uh, Marley. So that's kind of been taking up some time. Um, but we're going to try to balance everything out uh, somehow, some way. So these last couple episodes, uh, a lot of the people I've talked to have actually worked with uh, Jared, as I mentioned. So we decided it'd be cool to get him on the podcast and talk about the label and, and his other uh, you know, adventures and hardcore and punk and other stuff like that. So without further ado, how's everything going for you tonight, Jared? everything's going great it's a nice uh hot hot summer night <laughs>
1: early june so just uh you know thriving
0: yeah that's what i've been <laughs> saying to my girlfriend the last couple of weeks is it seems like it's gonna be a pretty hot summer from uh Ugh. the uh you know little uh sneak peek we've had so far already oh man oh man yeah so obviously the label has because come up in a conversation we'll get to that in a little bit but uh as I'm sure you've heard on the episodes, I like to kind of do things in a timeline fashion. So yeah. Yeah. uh, Let's kind of take it to the beginning and kind of talk about your upbringing before you kind of got into punk and hardcore and stuff like that.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, So I'm, I'm originally from Hornell, New York. Uh, So it's Southern tier and uh, it's about an hour, hour and 10 minutes or so south of Rochester or, you know, however the I guess directional is Um, and you know, I grew up there most of my, my, my entire life and I had to come up to, you know, up here for family things. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, a, a small town. It's a, it's technically a city, but it's a pretty small town. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you find a couple of people that all kind of are into the same thing and you, you kind of jump off from there. And that's, that's what happened. You know, you, I made three other friends or, you know, yeah, three other friends who were, were kind of like into punk or into whatever. And, we did with any kids who, you know, find Green Day or, you know, Rancid or whatever, you, you start a band and that's what happened. So <laughs> that's that's what it was. Hornell was pretty boring, but, uh, you know, you kind of make the best of it and you, you, you find the things that, you know, draw you in. And that's like how, you know, I found skateboarding through older friends and found, found you know, bands like Rancid and, and, and AFI and uh, Operation Ivy and stuff through a few older people too and you know that was that was it nothing nothing super exciting
0: <laughs> yeah rancid was definitely a band for me that kind of started things off so it's cool to see like because i know you and i have kind of an age gap so it's cool to see like that that was a band <laughs> that was influential on different generations of people and i got a yeah. buddy i got a buddy who played in uh dead of the world on a couple other bands uh, vinnie gargiulo who's from hornell uh, new york so there's so a-
1: that's funny because, um, I, I think it was in the, the video or the, the, the podcast with Rob, you guys talked about that, him. And, uh, I had a, like a, a, su- a student teacher or a substitute teacher named like Mike Gargiulo and I thought maybe it was the same person for a while, but I had to like ask my sister because my sister is a little older than I am. And, uh, went to high school with that kid and was like, no, that wasn't, whoever that was, that wasn't that person. It was Mike. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. So I'm sure there's probably some relation there, you know?
0: Yeah, it probably is. I'm not sure offhand, but yeah, Vinny's a good dude. And he's from that town too. So it's cool to see again with the generation thing that, you know, different generations of people have come from there and have done some pretty cool things with punk and hardcore. Um, So you kind of mentioned already your musical interests before punk and hardcore, Uh, as we're going to get to with you, like playing in bands and stuff uh did you play any instruments before that though like like what when you were kind of coming up in, in hornell and stuff like that before you kind of wanted to play in bands or, or did you kinda uh, kinda play instruments when you started the bands
1: no yeah I, I i as a kid you know you're you're forced to kind of pick a, a a an orchestral instrument or if for like the school band and uh i i wanted to play the trumpet i guess which is kind of a precursor to me like you know finding like ska and stuff but uh uh, I wanted to play the trumpet, and my my band teacher told me that I just probably you know wouldn't have any kind of musical musical ability if I didn't learn to play you know the a school band instrument. And uh, you know, I, I ended up not go, not going forward with it because it was it was like too much too much dedication for like one thing. And I'm being young. I I had a pretty big fascination with like drawing and 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 painting and stuff. And uh, I mean painting, I guess, but uh drawing as a kid you know and and that creative aspect of stuff and gave gave up you know the idea of trying to learn the trumpet to like try to pursue drawing comic books as a kid so
0: <laughs> and you know e- e- neither one really worked out for me i guess so <laughs> <laughs> i met you probably i guess about 10 years ago with night terror and we did a couple shows with that which we'll get to but yeah you were kind of uh embarrassed to kind of tell me before it seems like you played a few (laughs) other bands before uh, that uh kind of what were those experiences like that led you led you into playing in more like noteworthy bands I guess you know uh so I guess it wasn't really
1: embarrassment it was more just like those are definitely like high school bands you know and and you you have a real soft spot for those bands when you're when you're growing up and and, you know your first couple years of like being an adult you're like yeah you know I was in this band in high school and I have, a, I have a lot of really fond memories of that, you know, um, but it definitely sounds like a high school band, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very like, no, we're just doing it. Like play the song, you know, and that's, and that was it. So um, my first, my first band, I was in uh, se- seventh grade, I believe, eighth grade, eighth grade. And uh, I was like 13 and the other two kids, like I played bass and the other two kids were like, 16 and 17 and i was like the only person in hornell that was like in our age range that played bass and they like found out that i did so they you know we started jamming together and um we were called a split moment and it was like kind of kind of bad like skate punk but also uh, like modern kind of warp tour emo i guess it was at you know at the time it was like 2006 or 2007 and, uh, that nothing, none of that like interests me as a kid, like it was all, you know, like if it wasn't like no effects or operation Ivy or like anti-flag, like I just didn't care. And, uh, so that was, you know, that was pretty short lived. That was like 2006 or 2007 to like 2008, maybe. And, um, then like the, uh, the other younger kids that were the same age as I am. And, uh, we, we, we all found like. Black Flag and, and Minor Threat and Flipper and like, you know, hardcore bands. And it was like, oh no, this is, this is what makes sense to me. Like, this is what I, I want to, you know, I want to be a part of because I was 15, 14, 15 years old. And like, I just shaved my head for the first time and I was like young and angry. And uh, yeah, so that, and then we found those bands and uh, my, my friends who we're all still friends this day, we talk basically every day we have like a group chat. Uh, my friends Trevor, uh, Trevor Nilsson, Kyle Ingersoll, and Jake McAvoy. Jake played in Night Terror and a bunch of other bands with me as we got older. Uh, but we all started like a like, a, like a ska punk hardcore band, kind of like Operation Ivy and Minor Threat. They were a, a, a band together, you know, uh, called Artificial Life. And that was pretty fun. We played for a long time, recorded like a demo. I have like, de- like demo cassettes that we recorded live to like a... Uh, uh, a Maxell cassette deck that I stole from my high school like because I just, they weren't going to use it. And I was like, I'm taking this. And they didn't care. So we recorded our first demo on that, and our only demo. Um, and that was, that was fun. That was like 2008 to like 2011 off and on whenever we'd feel like trying to be a, be a band or like write songs or get together. Um, after that I was in a band with, uh, two of those dudes, Trevor and Kyle from that, from Artificial Life. And then, uh, Joel, who is in Fork Tongues and, um, Drew's and now who decides, uh, we we were called Hammerhead and it was like a little more thrashy, a little more like kind of darker. So it kind of sounded like curse, but it was a little more thrashy than curse. Um, so that was like my, my kind of my foray into like playing guitar and bands and like uh, really getting into, like, heavier and darker stuff um, as far as, like, hardcore went like, Tragedy or, like, His Hero's Gone. Uh, so, and I think there there might have been a band after that, too, but I can't really remember. Uh, so that was, like, you know, that was my entire high school stint of being in, like, four bands and each of them breaking up a little, you know, pretty quickly after forming. And then, uh, and then I moved up here to rochester and uh a few of us who most of us were all from the hornell and in southern tier area uh we started doing night terror with uh a kid up here when we we all met at college um this kid ethan uh we started doing that band and that was kind of it And then we started playing shows and getting to meet people like yourself and uh you know people who were super supportive and friendly and just inviting uh compared to you know, growing up in a small town where no one really kind of got where you were doing unless it was like, you know, like a cover, you're in their cover band or like a Dave Matthews style tribute band or something. So um, yeah, it was kind of like the first, like moving up here and like, you know, getting you know, getting, you know, people was, that was like, oh, cool. Like now we can play shows because we've all been hanging around here, you know, enough since, you know, finding bands in high school. So.
0: It's funny because you would think in like the internet and social media area era that like even in smaller towns, there would be more acceptance at this point now, I guess, for like hardcore and punk. so it's interesting to see like you know you say that it's still kind of the same as it was like you know 20, 25 years ago or whatever.
1: Well, you know what's what's funny about it to me is that like you know I, I grew up in this area and in, in you know in Hornell and there weren't there were like a few weirdos. You know, when you could always, you could always kind of tell like, oh, you know, like that kid definitely listens to like weird shit or like this person might listen to something kind of cool or like this person might isn't a skateboarding, so they might be into something cool. But there was never like, it was never, it was definitely a very small town mentality where like, you know, I'd wear a dead Kennedy shirt and get a bunch of weird looks when I was like walking through Wegmans or even walking through my high school, which that sounds so cliche and stupid, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's the truth. Cause it was, you know. a a
0: small town (laughs) now so before we get into night terror actually i was just thinking too we'll get into this with a label a lot too but obviously your interest in music is pretty eclectic because like all the releases are kind of different you know what i mean so yeah that's one question i would have is like we've kind of talked about like ska and punk and hardcore but like were you into like a lot of different stuff like growing up before like like what were your interests musically musically before like punk and hardcore I guess you know um you know it's it's kind of funny like
1: I I was never um, like really into music I was really into um, like anime and manga and and a lot of like uh, I mean I I wanted to be like a like a cartoonist when I was a kid uh, and like I went to school originally I went to MCC for which um, you know didn't get me very far because I dropped out, but I, w- I wanted to go for, uh, b- being a cartoonist. And, um, so, you know, I-, I grew up super into like Dragon Ball Z and eventually got into older anime and manga stuff. And really, I really enjoyed a lot of theme songs from like shows. So that kind of like, I went, when LimeWire and Napster and all, and all that was like, all those things were popping up, you know, I- I- as a kid, I would like download anime and, you know, anime theme songs. And listen to that on repeat. And then like I don't even I don't even remember how I heard you know whatever it was for the first time. But I think when when uh MTV two and uh Fuse started becoming channels like that actually played kind of underground or weirder stuff. Um, I remember like watching Fuse a lot as a kid. What before I like really discovered what punk and hardcore were. I watched Fuse a lot as a kid and uh you know they like bands like Linkin Park were, like, heavy. So that, like, as as a 12-year-old, as a tw- a like, that made sense to me. And it was like, oh, this is cool. And then they, like, they, there's, like, a, video, a Linkin Park video where they um have, like, Gundam Wing action figures in it. And I thought that was really cool and was like, oh, you know, like, this band, they must, you know, like, like the same stuff that I like. So, you know, I, I tried – I got into them for a while. And then it was like, oh, but, you know, here's, like, a band like – the Clash or the Ramones that I heard super early on. And then like Green Day and Rancid. And uh, I guess probably like Good Charlotte because it's su- it was super accessible to, you know, someone who just has a Walmart where they grow up. That was like kind of my foray into the next, the next wave, you know? So to go from an- like listening to anime theme songs to, you know, Sum 41 or, you know, pop-punk band A or B. That, I guess that was kind of my gateway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my son likes saw uh, the the Pokemon theme song, and there's a pretty cool uh, metal. Some dude does like metal versions of like theme songs and stuff, so we watch that video sometimes. So I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, you and I that like, and you mentioned too. That's how we kind of met was through Night Terror. What I kind of was that kind of your introduction to kind of a lot of people here then, and then is that kind of how you kind of got on the on the path that you've been now uh, on with the label and stuff like that. Uh, kinda. So. I started coming up to
1: shows here when I was probably 16. And so I, I had to have been like 2008, 2009. And, uh, you know, I, the, the first Rochester band that I found, uh, was I object and because I object, uh, we're on alternative, excuse me, alternative tentacles for that one LP. And, uh, I thought that was really cool because, you know, I like, Growing up, like most punk kids, like the Dead Kennedys, and like you know, trying to follow stuff that all members of those bands have done since the band broke up. Um, if you're a nerd like myself, that's what I do. I, I dig, you know, and dig and dig and dig until I find something I really like. But yeah, I found I Object through the uh, alternative tentacles, like MySpace page, and found that they're from Rochester and thought that was really cool. And I probably hit up Benny. About trying to book them in Hornell when I was like 15, and I, I kind of just talked to Benny on MySpace for a while because he—I think he played bass in that band then. It was like before, I think it was either right before Like Wolves started or like Like Wolves had started, and they might have just been doing both bands at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to like book I Object in Hornell at some bar or like. Uh, youth center and it just didn't happen but started coming up to shows after that and then like you know got met met benny, benny krueger or like chris pogue from you know fork tongues and everything because he was playing in bands with joel who lived in the same who's from the same area so um but i started coming up to shows and met people through that and uh was kind of just annoying i guess as, as a kid because that's what you do when you meet all these people who are, who you think are cool and which they you know they are cool like you meet these people who are cool and a little older and have a good taste in music or, or, and a cool band that you might like. And, uh, you know, you, you try to become friends with them because you just want to make friends who are in this, the same stuff as you are. And, uh, I feel like that's probably closer to what I did in, in, in comparison to being like just playing shows and meeting people. I was probably just an annoying little kid, but, uh, I guess it kind of worked out. <laughs> Met met a lot of really fun people and a lot of people who uh, I still call very close friends to this day through being that person. So
0: now I, um, as we've have t- kind of mentioned, I did a couple shows for you guys and one that was kind of memorable for me uh, was there was that band. I think you guys played that show with that band, Job Squad. You remember that band?
1: Yes, yes. Like uh, band? The, the, the the Shang Brothers. Yeah, those dudes are from Pittsburgh. That's that that was show was. Have you, have you kept in touch with those dudes at all or at all? Or? Uh, yeah, I talked to, I talked to the older, so I haven't talked to the, the, guy, the kid who sang in job squad, Matt, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but one of the last times I was in Pittsburgh, I, uh, I saw him and we, we caught up for a minute or two, but, um, I keep in touch with his older brother quite a bit. Well enough, you know, I guess as much as you can, when people are just all busy, but yeah, that show was super fun. Job squad was super fun. I haven't, I don't think any of those dudes have been in a band since then, but that band was, was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was definitely fun for me. And I think that was the last show I booked, um, which, you know, as I've been mentioning on episodes and you and I kind of mentioned, talked about last year, I'm gonna get back into that at some point. Um, yeah. Well, what other, what other kind of standout shows were there when, when, you're, when, we, when you guys were doing Night Terror for you? Oh man, we, we see,
1: we, we were really lucky in that we were super young and didn't have any kind of things kind of weighing, you know, tying us down. And um, cause we were all like maybe maybe 20 when we started doing that band and it was uh, definitely a lot of trial and error and a lot of playing out of, out of Rochester shows and not making any money, you know, like tales all this time, I guess. Uh, But we played uh, a show in, we did a weekend. It was our last, the last weekend we ever did. And we played three shows. One of them was a show that I booked in Hornell because I knew I could book a show there and, we would make some money to start us off on the road. And it, 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 we did. It was fun. Uh, and then the next few shows were like, we played like a basement in Philly, which was super cool. And then we played a show on Altoona, Pennsylvania, which like, it, it felt like I was in Cornell. It felt like I was in like a, like a small town, you know, and uh, there were like five people there, <laughs> but like the five people who were there were really, really sweet. And then the, the other bands that played were like, super sweet too and like one of the dudes i keep in touch with to this day like he's just you know always like
0: hey how are you man
1: you know and it's always like oh good man like what's up how are you what's how are you what are you doing musically you know but that that was a really fun weekend as kind of miserable as it was those shows were really fun and it was like the first weekend of june so like right around now and it was super hot that was also kind of the weekend we realized that we were going to be breaking up kind of soon so it was like real bittersweet but those shows are, like, pretty memorable because they were just, like, awesome, but also awful. So, <laughs> I remember those very well. <laughs> as far as, like, Rochester shows go, though, like, shows we play here, the last, like, Wolves show was really, really cool. That was, like, us, Death Camp. I think it was Obsessors' first show. Someone else played, too, besides, like, Wolves. Oh, fucking Invincible, which is, like... Uh, lex from daughters it was like him and some of the soul control guys and uh one of the guys from drop dead like that was super cool and we we played buffalo a bunch played the funeral home a bunch which was really awesome so any show like that was always a lot of fun but there are definitely some uh weird you know clunkers
0: here and there yeah i think that's definitely as you as you've referenced a couple times uh a part of being in like a one of your first like like bands that plays like out of town shows like that yeah um i never have had the privilege i I did a couple as you you referenced earlier i did a couple crappy high school bands that's as far as i ever took it with like bands (laughs) and then i kind of realized that the behind the scenes like record label and you know booking shows aspect was more of my uh, forte oh yeah
1: that's that's i kind of like i kind of realized that after night terror but like still kept doing bands that i was like yeah i'd rather do this but you know i just like playing in bands so <laughs> another another show i actually talk, i think about kind of frequently actually and it's funny because i saw i saw him the other day but uh the first time we played it was a, a show of yours we played with old ghosts and uh i saw derek um in buffalo like two weeks ago and uh he was like we were i was giving we were getting donuts at this place called fry baby and like i was waiting outside with our dog and um derek walked up with his son and I like looked over, I was like, oh, hey man, what's up? You know, we talked for a minute and kind of came to the realization that we've like been we like known each other and been friends for like 10 years. And then it made me think I was like, damn, like all all these people like that I met in the first wave of being and being up here and like going to shows and booking shows and playing. Like I've known all these people for 10 years. So like yourself included, it's just like crazy.
0: But well, yeah, the next band you were kind of talking about like darker music before and I I feel like your next band uh Black House has definitely kind of took you down that path did that band happen like right after Night Terror or was there like a little bit of a a break or uh so
1: Black House is basically um when Night Terror was like in the process of like figuring out we were going to break up the a few of us like started trying to like do new band stuff and like try to write new songs and uh Black Houses basically came out of the fact that Jake, eh, our drummer, myself, and uh, Ethan, the kid that sang, um, kind of wanted to do something a little more, like, doomy or, like, black metal-y, but also, you know, we all really liked, like, post-punk and, uh, like, like dark, you know, goth rock and, and you know, whatever you want to call it, death rock, um, which that's, I guess, we kind of thought that Black Houses would be... A, a mix of those two things like the best of both worlds like it's either gonna th- sound like you know thou and uh you know like dragged into sunlight or it's gonna sound like sisters of mercy and like Bauhaus. and at the time i was all about blending those two things together and like really trying to make that work and uh chuck the kid who played guitar the guy who played guitar still a very close friend of mine um in black houses really really likes uh like that band thou a lot and basically just want to either be in a band like that or a band like, I think it was like the band called litany for the whale who are kind of like a hardcore band, but also kind of like a metal band too. That, that, those four songs just kind of came out of that. We just wrote them and we really liked them a lot and they, they were, they were very heavy and something I wasn't used to playing, but I tried to, I was playing, say I played bass in this band and, uh, tried to just make it something fun for me to, to, to do. Because I feel like a lot of slower stuff isn't very intricate or hard to play. And I just tried to channel my inner uh, Hunter from AFI, which <laughs> I guess might have worked, might have not. But yeah, Black Houses, was, it was super short-lived. We recorded uh, just one demo tape. And um, we like wrote two more songs that just never got recorded. But we, we played them live a few times. And I, mean, I think we played less than 10 shows. But they were all pretty fun. And uh, yeah. That was something that, you know, we didn't expect to keep going on with and get, having the chance to do it, do it as few times as we did was super fun. And uh, I'm super proud of those songs. But, you know, that's 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 the curse of, uh, you know, getting older, bands breaking up.
0: So like I have mentioned, I know you've kind of like done some some traveling with other bands and doing like merch for bands and stuff. Mm hmm like when did that all come about like did that just kind of start organically like with you playing with some of these bands and you started doing it that way or
1: uh yeah kind of um so it definitely started with uh the band old wounds who uh were from new jersey i i don't believe they're a band anymore um but they're you know they, i became good friends with those guys i booked them here a bunch probably like four or five times in the last you know that that spell of time I think I did like a weekend with them. Like I did like three shows with them. Like the first one was in Rochester. Um, one of them, it was the, the second, one, the second one was in Cleveland and the last one was in Buffalo. And then they went to Canada and I just came home. Um, but you know, on that little, that little weekend run, we, they like confirmed another tour and I was like, oh, I'll do it with you guys. You know, I, I'd love to. And then they were like, yeah, okay. So I kind of just like snowballed from there where I, I did that tour. And then, um, I did a few. I think I did like two weekends, two more weekends with them in 2016, uh, and then we did Warp Tour, and that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um, very fun for the amount of time I was on it with them, but uh, also very, very hard. So
0: awful, but, uh, like, yeah. Awful, like shitty bands or hot weather or combination. Oh, a lot of that. It or- was.
1: It was. Uh, we. So the weather was awful. Um, it was just you know hot every day. We were driving in a van, in, in uh, like like one, our van by ourselves, like the 15, the twelve or fifteen passenger van. There was like six of us in it, and uh, you know all the other bands had had buses or like these things called band wagons where they you know it's basically it's a bus but smaller. And uh, so we'd be driving ourselves to the shows every night. You know, no one's sleeping because it's like you know a twelve hour drive from Virginia to like Syracuse. That was one of the drives, and it was just like awful you know and it was it was you had to be there at 7 a.m the next day for load in so you you drive all night and you get there at 6 30 and be like all right where's the coffee you know just do it uh but band wise it wasn't too bad band wise it was it was kind of fine like i i watched every time i die like 15 days in a row <laughs> so that was that was kind of cool um i got to watch cruel hand a couple times and that was super cool and kind of got to know the like a few of those guys a little bit. Um And then there were a few other bands who were like on the stage, the same stage as the old wounds was, were, was, um, and, uh, those guys were all really nice, but you know, it, it, it was an experience that I I'm glad that I had, but, uh, I definitely, you know, I, I know there are bands that used to do it like every other year or every single year. It's like that for me, was just a one and done experience where it was like, cool. I got to do that. I'm never doing that shit again.
0: So Yeah yeah there's a lot of parallels uh for you and i i think because when i was like in my early 20s i had the ex- i had the opportunity to go on a uh, warped tour with roses are red but i was like i'm like 23 24 i'm kind of getting out of this kind of stuff and so i kind of yeah. decided not to go but i've always kind of wondered what it would have been like to have gone because it would have been very similar because they were driving in a van and right yeah so i i think i was yeah i was like
1: 23 yeah and uh you know super excited super excited to do it but after like you know i think i had i had to leave halfway through the tour for like some family stuff um so i think i was on it for like 20 days and it was like that was that was 20 days too much you know
0: um so did that did that like lead to more experiences with touring with other bands then or was that kind of like, cause I know, cause I, cause I know I've seen pictures of you doing merch for other bands. I want to say you, you even done merch for American Nightmare a couple of times or. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it did. It definitely did. Like I, um, didn't really have any plans to do touring stuff again. Like at the end of September, 2016, I, I moved to California and, uh, was in a relationship with somebody who happened to be working for heartworm press, which is uh, Wes and Amy from cold cave and American nightmares, like uh, imprint. They're like record label. They um, put books out through it. I kind of, I kind of just got to know, got to know them through um, living in California and, and coming into the, they have like a bookstore as well in, in uh, Hollywood called uh, the daily planet. And that it's a super cool spot. Lots of like, Books you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily find in like a Barnes and Noble, but you know, you might also be able to find, you know, normie type stuff there, I guess, if that's a good word for it, but super cool spot in California. And I worked there for a little bit and got to know them and did a, did a U.S. tour with Cold Cave and then did a European tour with Cold Cave, uh, in 2017 and, um, did merge and and did like, like kind of tacked, uh, for those tours. And that was super cool. And then, um, you know, when I, after moving back home, I kind of just kept in touch with, uh, with Wes and, um, whenever they, whenever they come to the East coast for shows, whether it's cold cave or American nightmare, um, I usually will do a couple of dates with them if I, if I can, if you know, work permitting, but, uh, Yeah. Super lucky to be able to do that. Super lucky to be able to get to know those guys and, um, you know, maintain a, a really cool relationship with them. So yeah, super fun to be able to do that whenever I
0: can. Without really, you know, obviously talking numbers, I've only really talked probably about like one or two other people about touring with bands and stuff. And you mentioning like going to Europe and doing full us tours with them, like is is being like a like on tour with like a band like that is that something that would be feasible to do like as like a, a job for like like pre COVID obviously because who knows what's going on now but like is that something you right. could do like like for a living and, and do that and pay the bills and stuff or um you know I I, I feel like
1: if there there was a point in time where I, I wanted to do it like I was trying to get out of restaurant work I was trying to get out of like customer service positions and uh, you know I I really wanted to pursue actively touring uh, most of the year if possible. And, you know, living in California, it was kind of hard. It was, uh, obviously very expensive. It was always a good time. It was always fun to be able to leave and come back, you know, to, to, to home. So yeah, before COVID, if I, if I hadn't, if I, if I hadn't had my, uh, my, my, my job currently, um, you know, I, I would have tried to pursue touring a little more actively. Uh, but you know, you, you come home and you make, money at a certain, you know, in, in, in a job and you, you kind of like fall into the comfortability of working. <laughs> so, you know, and you get to a point where you're like, well, you know, I wouldn't really want to ruin what I have going here to, you know, go out on a tour and not really make anything, come back home and be like, well, I gotta find a job again and I gotta make sure I'm able to pay my bills and my rent. So, you know, a couple of years ago, absolutely. I would have wanted to to, to, to really try to do it um but you know as I've gotten a little older and I've tried to like be more responsible I uh no I shouldn't
0: <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things where I always kind of wondered because like I said I know I could have done it with Rosa Red for a little bit and then like I had a friend who will probably be on here eventually that did tour with them and other bands and, and he did that for, like definitely full-time for a while and he's you know done other things with you know music and whatnot so I've always just been interested to to get other people's takes on that, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love hearing about it. Like I love, you know, hearing your different experiences from different people who have actually, who have tried to like actively pursue doing the merch, the merch thing, or, you know, teching or tour managing, um, you know, as a career, because I, it, it's always, it's always kind of like, uh, like, you know, damn the, the one that got away for me, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a risky a risky position to, 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 to do and, and come back home and try to maintain a normal life, I guess.
0: So when did you we'll get to the like talking about a lot of releases with the label and stuff, and I know we're kinda of mm-hmm. jumping around a little bit, but like when yeah, did Yeah, I'm you, sorry. <laughs> now, you got a lot like there's a lot to cover, obviously. So um what when did you kind of first get the idea that you wanted to start doing a label though? Like we are already doing some of the bands already, or was it even before that?
1: Um you know, it's 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 actually funny because like the first time I I really wanted to like put something out or like try to release something, uh, I think was like early or middle of t- middle of 2013, and I think Chris Pogue had just sent me like two or three of the the first Holy War songs, and uh, I liked them a lot. They were super like just aggressive and reminded me of everything I was listening to then, which was just like. All Pigs Must Die and uh, Baptists and like a a lot of like, I guess, DBD hardcore bands or like crusty hardcore bands. Um, So it ran me a lot of that. And I, you know, I kind of pushed them for a while and was like, man, you should let me release this as a tape. And uh, I don't think it ever really went farther than us just talking about it. And I think, you know, a couple, a little while after like Drews had just started up. And, uh, Joey, Joey Clark from Drew's, um, had, we had tossed the idea back and forth of starting a label, but you know, it was never really a serious talk. It was, it was just yeah, We should put something, we should put stuff out, you know? And, uh, when they, they got uh, target weight, their first, their first EP, um, recorded and mixed and mastered, uh, one of them, probably Joel or Joey, one of them sent it to me and was like, you know, like we should, we should definitely, I, I think it was it had to have been Joey because he was, you know, he's in the band. He was like, we should put, we should put this out. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And uh, so that was uh, probably September of 2014 or August of 2014 because target Eight came out in October. Um, And we sat, we sat in in Joey's bedroom on Alexander when he lived over on Alexander street and dubbed, like we ordered a pizza and dubbed the the first 30 Drew's tapes in his bedroom. Like, Paper cutter, cut all the J cards, dubbed all the tapes, and then we were like, all right, that's it. We weren't doing any, we weren't gonna do any more, and then they like sold out. So it was like, okay, we have to, we have to do more. But yeah, 2014, that was it.
0: <laughs> so now with the whole California and touring with bands thing, like, was that, were you, were you maintaining the label while you were out in California too then? Or was that kind of paused until you came back here? Uh, you know, kind of. Um,
1: i think i think i had released five or six different things before i moved to california um and then it definitely was on like super pause for a while i didn't really know if i was gonna do it again which was you know at the time totally fine but sometime in 2017 i like got the the itch to like release something because i had seen other friends like starting labels or like starting new bands and Um, You know, I was just like, I want to put something out. And uh, 20, I think September, September 2017, uh, we ended up releasing um, a square, a square cut lathe seven inch of uh, Drew's covering um, the stone roses I want to be adored. And I was trying to do like this, a series actually with that, where it was like, I'd find a new band every couple of months or every every couple of like releases that was like, that were covering something, some other band that like I loved, you know, like someone else would turn me on to. So like Drews and then Portrayal of Guilt, who are like blowing up now. um, They covered uh, Christian death, uh, what the uh, hell, spiritual cramp. They covered spiritual cramp by Christian death. And we put that out. And those are the only two releases I did when living in California. And, uh, you know, it kind of got the fire into my ass again to, like, start trying to actively find new bands and work with bands and um, actively do the label instead of just kind of putting it to bed, like I kind of intended to do, so.
0: So then I guess we'll talk more about, like, current releases in a second, uh, but kind of jumping back into bands for a minute there, then, like, did you kind of start Troubleshooter shoot, like, soon after you came back to Rochester from California then? Like, like how?
1: With Troubleshooter, Troubleshooter was weird because I, I actually didn't really plan on on doing any anything music-wise. Uh, after moving home, I kind of was super content with uh, working on label stuff and uh, I, like, I, you know, on top of label stuff, I only have like a, like a mega full-time job where um, yeah, I work at a restaurant. We're always really busy. I work in a kitchen. Uh, I was pretty happy with just doing label stuff and just working a lot and uh, saving up for, you know, like, bigger, bigger releases. And I think it was the summer of 2018, Casey Sanders, who used the book shows here in Rochester as well, uh, and uh, Christian Ortiz from uh, California Cousins, um, got in touch with me. And, you know, I, we've all been, we've been friends for a long time, but, uh, you know, got in touch with me and we're like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing this thing and we need a bassist and uh you know we'd love to have you come and hang out and and, like try to learn the songs and if you see if you want to do it and i was kind of like kind of hesitant because i didn't really have any bass gear anymore like i sold a bunch all of my heads and i sold both of my bases and uh i went and hung out at at that at at practice practice with them and they played me like five songs they had written and i was super impressed and just kind of like borrowed a bass from from Christian who you know he was playing drums so I, I borrowed one of his basses or someone's basses that were that were that was in the space and uh started learning the songs and then we had uh Scott who was in night's air with me um i asked Scott if they'd be interested in coming to try out for to do vocals and uh, i kind of just took off from there and we you know wrote a bunch of songs and uh it was super fun. I, I I think we're kind of on a a hiatus right now from COVID and everything, and um, we just haven't really got back gotten back into the swing of it. But yeah, Troubleshooter is super fun, and we we really enjoy it, and have, have got to play a, a bunch of cool shows at Vineyard before they stopped uh, doing shows there and being open. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just super fun to be able to play in a band that you actually genuinely enjoy and, and would listen to, you know. So
0: now all the bands, all the bands that we've kind of talked about that you've you've played in uh, sonically kind of are all over the board. Like, do you have a, a, a preference or a favorite style to play? Or is there even a style that you haven't played that you would like to in the future play? I guess
1: it's, it's kind of funny, like, I never actually really thought about that. Like, every single band that I've been in from being a kid to now has has sounded super different or like, has been a different subgenre of like, you know, punk or hardcore or metal or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I've always really wanted to be in like a band that's sounds like the hot water music or like alkaline trio or, uh, the loved ones. Cause that's, uh, something that I, that's, that's like a style of punk that I listen to a lot. Um, and I've always really wanted to be in like a death rock band. Uh, so, you know, I like got a, like a goth band, I guess. Just because that's something else I listen to quite a bit, like I don't know there's band there's a band called Cemetery that I like a lot who are really cool from I think they're from New York, and uh this kind of kind of like death rock band, but also a punk band called shallow Sanction that I think are super cool and kind of always have wanted to do something like that, but just haven't really found the right people for it, or uh you know haven't found the means to record uh, the whole thing myself, so um yeah that I think that'd be the one that I really would really like to do
0: nice so I guess before we jump into the label um, I never really tour with bands but like I've kind of referenced on here that when I was in my 20s I kind of did like the the hippie ish like backpack uh, greyhound thing a few times and I definitely found a few cities uh, like Denver and Minneapolis that were like favorites of mine like in the time that you went on tour and like travel around with bands and stuff like are there cities that, that stood out for you that that you've either gone back to or, or you know want to go back to like like just to hang out that you're not when you're not touring and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah um i love philadelphia philadelphia's been one of my favorite cities for a long time and uh, i have a lot of friends there so it's it's always nice to go down there and hang out and be able to visit um i really like new orleans a lot uh the I've been to New Orleans like, like three times, I think. Um, the f- first time was actually on Warp Tour, and there was a huge storm, like a like a massive like downpour, and uh, it was terrifying because we were packing up our van and tents and everything, and um, I I we almost got into a bad accident. So it was that's pretty burned in my memory. But uh, my other experiences in New Orleans have has been really cool, or have been really cool um just a really beautiful city a lot of like a lot to do a lot of like cool kind of hole-in-the-wall shops or uh you know i guess even bars hole-in-the-wall bars that are really nice um so that's really cool there wasn't there was an old Ones show that happened in dallas dallas fort worth area at uh this venue called 1919 hemp hill i think it was like a community space um and that was insane and that really like it was just like a, a packed house. And uh like kids were getting moshed out the door. And that was really cool. Like it was just like I think some band covered hate breed and <laughs> yeah, like kids were, were were getting moshed out the front door. It was insane. So that that was a really cool show and a really cool like, like I guess city area to, to go to. So um and then like as far as I guess European cities. I, I love, uh, oh man, where, where was the Cologne in Germany? That was really cool. That, that, that city is super cool. And then, uh, I got to see Romania, which was really nice and go to Dracula's castle. So that that's being, a you know, a, a, a dork. I love, you know, m- monster movies and stuff. And, uh, seeing that was pretty cool in person. So yeah, that was, that was a big one.
0: Yeah, I've never been to Europe before. It's something I definitely want to cross off the list, but you know, obviously as, you know, t- talking about having kids, I don't think I'll uh be doing that anytime soon. Maybe you know, down the road at some point. But now when like touring with bands and and going like around the country and our world, I guess like did you like put together some connections for the label that way too or Um, not, you know, not really. I mean, I guess I guess a little bit in like
1: doing uh more of like the hardcore tours. Uh, you know, you meet people that you connect with and you find that you're, you're all into the same stuff. Just like meeting any, you know, any, making any kind of friend. Um, so I, I met a few people doing like us stuff with, with old wounds. Uh, and I, one of them was like, uh, the band low faith who are, they were like one of the early releases. Um, I met their singer Chloe, uh, probably in 2016. And we kind of just kept in touch, and when they were getting ready to put out their, their full length, got in touch with me and was like, "Hey, like, we have this this record. like I don't know if you'd be interested in it." And it took me like one listen to the first song that they sent me, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's do it." So there's you know been a handful of cool connections I've made like that that have opened some 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 doors release wise for me, but um, that was that was definitely the first one
0: so obviously as i've mentioned i've talked to a few people and you've referenced a few people in local bands that you've worked with how many releases are you up to and i and i guess how many do you have like like planned coming up um as of right now i think with the new
1: update i'm up to 30 i think so or 20 29, 29. yeah i'm up to 29 um and number 30, I think will be, uh, I'm trying to do it with every update. I'm trying to do like a, like a, a pamphlet style fanzine of me interviewing, you know, someone I respect or look up to, uh, musically and, uh, with just like, you know, like, like a, a small interview with like a few other extra things on, on the side. Uh, the, the first one I did was, um, I, I gave it a label, like a, like a catalog number. So it was like SEC 26. And uh, it was, like, Sawyer Collective fanzine number one. Um, I did an interview with Max Cheney from the band Devil's Den, who are a super cool band from um, Kansas City. Uh, very, like, super Japanese hardcore influence. So, like, Bastard or, uh, you know, Gauze. Um, so that was really cool. And the next one I'm working on, uh, which will will be SEC 30, um, is, is supposed to be, like, I, I've been in touch with uh, – frank the singer or i'm sorry the singer geez uh the guitarist of my chemical romance um talked to him a little bit about doing an interview and he said he was interested so i'm trying i'm waiting to get, get answers back from the questions that i sent so which is super cool i thought for my
0: <laughs> for my dork self do you like as far as like releasing like records and and or it's like tapes, vinyl however re- how re- you do it like how many like when i well I, I guess for example when i had my label and i i never got to 30 release i think i put out like maybe 10 or 12 I, if i did the you know math i could figure it out off air but i would have like two or three releases planned at a time sometimes and i feel like the pressing info might be different now than it versus then because i think like pressing is a lot more limited now than it was back then um but even having like two or three at planned at a time seemed like a lot so like how many like how many will you have planned at a time and does it does ever get overwhelming like having like more than one planned at a time you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah definitely definitely gets overwhelming um i like the last update was that was three releases and that's the most i've done uh, at a time and um it was definitely kind of kind of daunting because you're just like oh man I, I hope people care about this shit like the way i care about it you know what i mean and you want to see like you want to see the records you're putting out sell because you think they're good and i like i know they're good so it's like i want people to care about it like i do and you hope that that happens uh so putting three three releases out at a time was like, Oh man, I really hope people like fuck with this. Like I will, or like I, like I do, you know? And uh, so that was, yeah, that was, that was kind of weird. And I try to plan stuff out kind of far in advance. So like, I think I have like the rest of my year kind of figured out like pretty set in stone, but um, there are some like, you know, still a few sliding parts, moving parts, sliding pieces with a few different releases that, I've been in touch with bands about and in touch with people about but it isn't super solid yet even though it's like we're doing it you know
0: Are there any releases that you either had the chance to do or you know didn't want didn't didn't end up doing for a reason that you kind of look back on and you're like man I wish I would have done done that album Yeah there's 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 two that I can think of Uh one of them is a
1: project of Pat Murphy, um, for, who plays drums in mountain man who I just did a record for, uh, but d- plays drums in mountain man and also played drums in the band last lights. Um, he has a, he has like a kind of droney, noisy, industrial style project called, uh, the Oracle. And, uh, he sent me his LP, uh, like the mass, the masters of his LP a few months, probably a month or two into like quarantine. I could, I could be wrong about that, but, um, I definitely remember listening to it a little bit around then and I passed on it because I just had other things that I was trying to focus on and uh you know then he he put it out a couple months later on uh I think a label from the UK and it sold super well and people were all about it and yeah, obviously good for him and good for good for that label but I was like damn I should have put that out you know um and then I'm trying to think of this this like actually happened but I I like I'm almost positive I passed on that band Candy Apple who are from Denver actually. Um I I remember having a conversation with uh one of the members who I don't think is in the band anymore but uh sings in that band Rob Reed uh from Denver as well. Um Cole i like, I think we had the conversation about me trying me, me me, maybe putting out a candy apple demo. I think he played bass in that band and I was just like, yeah, that'd be really cool. But no, for some reason, you know, and uh, yeah, didn't do it. And now they, they put an LP out like a few weeks ago on uh, convulse records from Denver and people love it and it's awesome. And uh, I love it. I think it's really good. And convulse, obviously that's awesome for them. Like I, uh, I wish I'd been able to put that record out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've am not.
1: i listened to it enough where like, if, if I like, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not trying to get in with that band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I have, when I have my label, there was, I feel like there was a couple of times where, where it happened, but I can think of one, I'm not going to name the band off on on air, but there's one I can think of where I don't even know how serious to do was, but he came to me when they were staying at my house one time. And he was like, you know, would you want to put this, out on your label on vinyl. Cause we have it coming out on CD already, but not on vinyl. And at the time I had, again, like two or three releases coming out at the time. Right. And I was like, you know, I'll think about it or whatever. Maybe I'll talk to you later about it. And I never said anything to him. And again, I'll tell you the band later, but, and it was just like, they came to, they came to play here again, like a few months later and I had the money now. And I was like, yo, what about that thing you're talking about? He's like, Oh, we figured it out. You know? And I was like, man, I, I wish I would have, damn, you know, found a way to do it at the time.
1: Yeah, uh, of course
0: what are there are there any like releases that really stand out for you that you know you're you're more proud of like for the label or anything like that i mean i'm sure obviously every release is is special to you for for a different reason but
1: yeah yeah totally like i mean i you know i have good memories of every single like planning every single release you know what i mean uh so like you know that's i i i have i have different reasons that i love every single release we've done um but you know that the the most recent one that i'm i'm super super proud of is uh that the, the Drowse lp i love those dudes i've been friends with those dudes for a while now and become super close to them and um that was our first our first kind of like i i had done the lathe seven inches and i had done a bunch of cassettes and a few like a few zines but uh that was our first like proper lp and uh it was took six years but you know i couldn't really think of a better band to be able to do that with and for and uh people seem to really like it and that was awesome so that's all i could ask for
0: i guess for example like like i know a lot of your stuff like sells out and stuff like do you ever like go back and, and decide to repress anything or do you prefer to kind of leave things like like each release is, is how you kind of plan it out with the pressing in the first place
1: um well see it's hard because there are, there are some, are some things that I would like to repress, but like, I just don't like older tapes, you know, older things that the first handful of releases, I feel like people would, it would, it would be a really, a really niche market for it. So people here would probably care, but I wouldn't want to do too many and just be sitting on them forever. And like, just eventually just start sending them out with other orders. But, you know, recently within the last, like probably five, five releases or so, uh, i've talked to various bands about like you know like maybe we should repress this because there's a demand for it and uh that's probably happening with uh the drowls lp uh we've had a lot of talks about it and like when when things start happening again shows and them being able to like maybe tour we're gonna repress the lp but uh yeah only the only only the last handful of releases that, that that's been a that's been a conversation
0: that that again for me with the label and I did it it was always kind of tough I don't think I really repressed too much stuff mainly uh Roses of Red did really well back in the day so I definitely pressed that a couple times and there might have been one other release I don't know offhand but that 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 definitely was the most successful band that I that I worked with Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I have that CD (laughs) yeah my last my last the house last house I lived in in Arundaquant there was at least uh like five or six boxes still there i don't know oh man with them they might still be in the sunroom there i don't know because i don't think i took them with me <laughs> um i know i know like they're like i don't know if this is like this for you but like once you put a release out i'm like yours most of them sell out but like i would have a lot of cds on hand for a while and after a while i was just like you know how long am i gonna hold on to these things for? Yeah. What, I, what am i gonna do with these there's there's yeah. been a few there's
1: been There's been a few uh, a few releases that have kind of just hung around for a little while, and uh, you know it's totally cool. Like um, I did a I did a tape for Prison Suicide from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, it you know when when it came out, copies moved, but we did a hundred of them, which I feel like you know if if you don't if you aren't like a cassette collector, you're not going to buy it, which you know I'm I. By various forms of media so uh, you know i i tapes because you know vinyl cds whatever and uh you know i think i i've been sitting on a handful of prison suicide tapes for a little while and it got to a point where i was just you know people were ordering other things and i would send them out with with the prison suicide with or with the order and send the a copy of the prison suicide tape out so um yeah you know i i, I worried about that for a little while like sitting on things but you know at the end of the day when when you get a when you get a release back you've kind of already spent the money on it and like you know you'd like to see the return but you know if 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 the if no one picks it up or whatever you know what whatever might happen you know i at the end of the day i just want the release to get out there and i want people to like have it in their hands and you know if if they like it that's awesome and if they don't like it then hopefully they give it to a friend who might like it you know
0: one thing that was big for me back then and i feel like it's probably different now was and there was a lot of people like like Rick to Life from 25 to Life and, and a few other people that I learned this from with like putting out the releases is just like, say I pressed like, you know, a thousand seven inches, like I would give some to the band and then sell some to distros and keep some to sell. But then I would trade like hundreds of those to other other distros and labels for like right. seven inches. And that's I just like I had a fucking huge distro, you know, in Rochester for those few years when I was running the label, too, you know, and. Eventually when I stopped putting out records, I, I still kept the distro for like, you know, a year just to sell everything out. And there was a couple of shows where I was just like, I should really keep doing this, but you know, it was just. Right. I know, things were, yeah. Like, I
1: mean, that that's, that I, I bought a lot of records going to shows early on from like the people who had distros or people who were just like selling parts of their collection. So I've always thought that was really cool. And like, I, I've only really distroed out stuff to, to one label. And that was, um, Con- Convulse from, from Denver again. Uh, Adam, who runs that label, uh, I've known Adam for a little while, actually via via an old boons tour. And uh, yeah, super friendly, super, super excited to like release stuff for bands and and, and, and has been very supportive over the last, you know, the ha- last handful of years I've known him of the label. So um, yeah, I district stuff out to him and I hope hopefully people have picked stuff up from him because I don't want him sitting on all that stuff for <laughs> forever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I've, I've wanted to get a little more into that, but I just really haven't um, taken the plunge yet, but there are, there are a few releases. I actually, the first, the first and only tape I've ever done that for like like a, like, a di- like distro stuff via the web store, uh, was the, the robbery demo. I bought like five or six copies from the band when they first put it out. And, uh, I, I put some in the store for like, you know, five bucks just so people would have them. And I think I might've sold like two which that's you know cool at least two 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 people bought that demo and heard it and hopefully are into it so yeah it's definitely it's definitely something that i've wanted to do i just haven't really done it yet
0: Yeah, band robbery's good and and uh, i guess that's another thing we haven't really talked about is is one of the last shows i went to was a show you booked uh for them here um how like were you actively booking a lot of shows for those years? And and I guess a lot of that probably stemmed from like playing in bands and networking with other bands and stuff or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, that show in particular was awesome. Like those are two Warren and Rob Reed are two bands that I, I really, really like and was super excited to have here and to be able to, you know, show people here, those bands, hopefully if they hadn't checked them out. Um, but yeah. So I, you know, I, I've been booking shows probably since 2013 and um yeah just basically just from like night terror night terror really connected me to a lot of people and put me in touch with a lot of people who you know i i became friends with or acquaintances with enough to uh you know either reach out to them for a show if i was looking for a show for a band um or you know if they needed help here i'd help them here so uh yeah that like that probably that last I moved back home in 27, late 2017, like December. And, uh, I think I had been home for two weeks and I had a show like set up while I was living in California because I was going to come home to visit. And I wanted to have a show like my last night in Rochester, like at, at Vineyard. Um, and I, you know, I ended up moving home and then that show happened regardless. And that was super, a super fun way to kind of come back into booking stuff and, and being active here. And uh, that was like, I think Drew's coming down. um, There was a band called Modern Psychics who are from Albany. They were kind of like a psych punk band. They were were super cool, but weird, I guess, in the sense of the show. Um, Stress and uh, then Planning for Burial, who's a friend of mine from, uh, like, kind of rural pennsylvania um and that was a really cool show and that was like a really it felt really fun and really good and it made me kind of realize that i want to keep doing that and uh yeah it just kind of happened from there i was able to just book a bunch of stuff you know before last year so
0: what were you calling the holiday thing was that destroy rochester
1: yeah yeah um so I did. I did destroy Rochester in 2018. I think was the first year I did it, and uh, it kind of just it kind of just stemmed from seeing you know shows happen and pop up, and there not being one band like that I wanted to go see. You know what I mean? It it might have been like a hardcore show or like a punk show here in Rochester or Buffalo or Syracuse that would like have a pretty big band on it, like are pretty big bands plural. You know, but. I would see the flyer and I'd be like, I don't give a shit about any of this. You know, I don't care about any of these bands playing. And like, I don't, I wouldn't want to just go even just to like waste time. And, uh, end of end of summer, 2018, I had talked to a few friends. Um, and I would, you know, I, I expressed that I wanted to book a bigger fest style show and yeah, I don't even, I, I, I don't even know where like the name kind of came from, but I was just like that. That sounds cool. Like that's that's I guess catchy. Uh, and I I reached out to a bunch of people who I had become friends with over the in the last couple of years and told them what I was doing and you know they were like yeah well I want to be a part of it let's you know let's do it and uh, the first the first one was really fun and was really well attended people seemed to really enjoy it so uh, I did a second one destroy, destroy Rochester two in 2019 and achilles headlined that and that was really awesome uh my first time seeing achilles which was crazy so <laughs> uh just never had a chance to see him and I'm, I'm really lucky that you know my first time was at a show that i kind of set up and and helped happen so yeah super cool
0: that's really cool and i'm not even i don't even think they've played since then right wasn't that the last show they played too they had to,
1: yeah, It had yeah yeah
0: that was it yeah uh, any plans to try to do one of those this year? Cause it seems like shows are, I mean, obviously according to some people, shows were already safe a while ago and we won't really, you know, delve too deep <laughs> into that topic tonight. Um, but you know, any plans to do something like that or any other shows like later this year or whenever you kind of feel the itch to do it?
1: Um, yeah, I, I want to, like, I, I've talked about it a little bit. I've actually, I had a, I had a friend hit me up, um, probably two or three months ago, like when things kind of started cooling down a little bit, probably like two months ago. And they were like, oh, you, you plan, are you planning on doing like a third destroyer Rochester? And I was like, I don't know, man, like maybe. You know, I I, I personally, personally like to, but uh, it all just kind of depends on venue availability here. Uh, I've, I've reached out to a few different places and a few places are being real picky with what they let happen at their bars or venues. Uh, and then a few places just aren't doing anything at all, which is kind of discouraging, but you know, we've made it work before here. So I guess, you know, we'd have to make it work again.
0: Yeah. I do have some lofty uh, goals and expectations for the next year or two with booking shows. So hopefully some of our local venues will come around. Totally. That being that they haven't really made money for the last year, they'd want to start making money, but you know, you you, you, you know, really think, right. <laughs> who knows how it all works and, you know, who knows where their money's coming from and whatnot. So uh, we'll figure it out, but I got, I definitely want to start doing shows again too. I definitely have mentioned it on here and, and uh, I, I think November, December is a good time for me. So that's definitely what definitely I plan on trying to do. So we'll, uh, yeah,
1: totally. And that, you know, that's, that's, and that's far enough away too where you can like really sit down and plan exactly what you want to do, you know? And that's, I think that's, that's a good way to go about it.
0: So you kind of talked about living in, in Cali for that year and a half. And like I mentioned uh, traveling around and I ended up living in Denver for a few months and I, I definitely would like to go back to Denver someday. I have a family here now, obviously, so I'm definitely going to stay here with them and, and, you know, you know, trying a cross country thing wouldn't be, you know, ideal, but. Yeah. What do you, what are your, what is your preference? Like, like, like Cali versus Rochester and everywhere else you've been like, is this somewhere where you want to, settle down or, or do you think somewhere else is somewhere you'd like to be or um you know so
1: I, I moved away because i was just tired of being here i was tired of the people i i you know would go to bars and see all the time and i was just i was i was over rochester you know i i didn't want to be here and i and i wanted to get out and kind of spread my wings and and do my own thing not here and and kind of just start fresh and uh you know moving to, moving to los Angeles was a big step for me. And I, and I really do, I don't regret moving there. I don't regret, you know, trying it out. Um, could be, it opened a lot of doors and made it give me a lot of cool opportunities that I, ne- I normally would not have had, you know? Um, like I, I the, the most stupid story that I have of living in California is like, I worked in an urban outfitters like one day a week or two days a week when I was also like working at that, the daily planet bookstore. And uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the transplants, like that band. Uh, Skinhead Rob, like the the other guy who's not, you know, Tim Armstrong or Travis Barker, came into the Urban Outfitters that I worked at, and I, I, I helped him buy pants. You know what I mean? So, like, stupid things like that, like stupid small opportunities or, like, just, sto- I guess, stories are, like, super silly. Um, those are things that I really, like enjoyed about living there but uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't trade living in rochester for anything right now like i'm in a really good place in my life and uh my my girlfriend and i are 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 doing a lot together uh creative wise and uh you know life is really cool here and i i've gone out and explored and like this is this is just i feel like the best place for me and the best place in general i guess you know I love Rochester and I love the people I have here and the people I know here so
0: it's crazy again like d- like through different generations I've seen so many people like like come and go and then come back you know to Rochester yeah. and and I think there's a reason for that and I definitely think it's a really good place to raise a family you know I'd like to get into a better school district than the uh, city school but um I think, I think <laughs> yeah. like I think I think this is obviously a safe place to raise kids and I I'd obviously feel safe having children here you know i mean but there are other cities that i i obviously enjoyed too but yeah i think like you know for settling down this is definitely uh we have, we have a lot of good places within reach like for day trips and stuff like that too totally you know it's that,
1: definitely- that's that's a huge part of the man for me like you know being able to travel six hours being in either new york city or philadelphia it's like that's 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 great. You know, being able to travel two and a half hours or two hours and be in Toronto, like that's, that's awesome, you know? And like, I, I love living here so much. And I love the people that are a part of my life here so much that, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the experiences I've had living in California, you know, or like potentially thinking about living somewhere else. It's like, well, you know, then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have this from, you know, here in Rochester and I wouldn't have this. And like, I wouldn't be able to see my family or, you know, stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's those things that kind of just like always suck me back in when I have the, the, the itch to like move, which doesn't happen anymore. But when I first moved back home, I was definitely looking for my next opportunity to kind of, you know, not be here. And uh, yeah, I have this love, hate, with 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 rochester with city i i think i described it in like the first uh destroy rochester like it, 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 social media instagram post or whatever a couple years ago was like a love affair with the city i've tried to hate trying to you know trying to be fucking poetic or whatever whatever but yeah i uh i wouldn't trade living here for anything it, it, having lived other places that's like this is this is home base you know
0: yeah. I know the feeling about trying to plan your next move though. Cause there was definitely from like, probably like 2005 to 2010, I was traveling to a lot of different places and trying to move to different places. And anytime anything would fail, I would just come back and think of something else. And then even yeah, like, when I was with my girlfriend, I was always trying to talk to her about moving to different places and it's like, none of this shit's feasible. I finally realized like, this is, you know, this is where I'm at and this is what I want to do for at least however long it takes to raise two kids, I guess, you know, I At yeah, uh, right. a late start on that, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see how that all goes. <laughs> so usually I like to kind of talk about current events on the podcast for a minute. It's interesting because it's been like a few months since I've really had consistent episodes with this, but the current events haven't really changed all that much. Right. Um, I feel like the cops are still cocksuckers, you know, um, we haven't ever really that much further than we should with black lives matter yet it's still right that needs to move forward um our Absolutely. mayor is a national disgrace now i feel like it's like <laughs> people all over the world probably know about this shit yep so, um i don't know that's the biggest current thing for me that my girlfriend and i talk about a lot is our local you know how can you even be worried about like like presidents and shit like that when our, our mayor is this big of a fucking joke you know so, yeah
1: dude i mean i watched uh so i Whenever, when, whenever the um, they had like the mayoral, mayoral debate recently uh, last week or two weeks ago or something, uh, we watched it in the kitchen at work, and the entire time we were just like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like no, this this Malik Evans, right? That's what his name is. The other the other candidate yeah. um, was just like, I felt like he was handling questions so well. And, you know, the, the, our mayor, our current mayor was just like dropping the ball super hard. And the entire time we were watching, just like, oh my God, like,
0: what is she saying? Yeah. It's just really crazy. I feel like if, uh, if I was selling, you know, Coke and crack that my girlfriend would probably be aware of it. And, you know, if she wasn't, yeah, exactly, dude. If she wasn't aware of it she probably wouldn't be our mayor you know I don't, right it doesn't right. make any sense to me that you, like, like i feel like you should resign It just, it's, it's insane so but you know it's rochester it's it's you know it is what it is at this point i guess is all you can really say but I yeah, I yeah i do wonder if people know about this nationally though you know because it's something that like i can't imagine this kind of thing happens all that often that, that what's going on with all that right now so um well
1: you know it's I, I feel like I feel like we've made news recently a few times, you know, like with everything that's happened in the last year
0: yeah
1: and uh I, I can't think if it was later later in the summer last summer or whenever it was, but th- there was there was a pretty pretty heavy protest happening, and um I think it was you know, it, ha- it was after like memorial memorial day weekend last year, so it was like way it was way later in the summer. And uh, what something had happened, but West, like, um, you know, American Nightmare West texted me and was like, what's going on in Rochester? And I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, like, I, I was like at work and I was like, your guess is as good as mine. He's like, yeah, we're like watching the news and like, they're talking about your city. So I had to like reach out to you and make sure you like you were good. I was like well hey thanks man like that's that's really sweet of you but yeah i'm at work so i don't really know what's happening
0: yeah there was a few times last year where i had friends from other cities like texting and or calling just to try to get the scoop on between the protests and everything else like what like what was exactly going on and obviously as i've referenced on here i went to a lot of the daniel prude protests because that was one for me that was necessary um i don't know how far we really got with that you know but um, right any chance to give the cops the middle finger is, is okay by me, obviously. Absolutely. So, A-okay in my book. You know, um, I can't really think of too many positive experiences I've had with them in my life and I don't really intend to in the future. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I guess, that, what's that? that's, you know, growing up like living in Hornell, growing up being one of maybe three or four punk kids or like, you know, kids who had an interest in skateboarding as I got a little older, you know, we never had positive experiences. So even when I was younger, it was one of those things where it's like, fuck you, you like horn like, Hornell PD, like, fuck you. And like, that's only transcended into me getting older and being like, Rochester PD, fuck you, you know? So yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's something that, like you said, like the old middle finger cool with me.
0: I don't think there's too much else in the realm of current events. Um it seems like COVID's kind of t- tailing off. I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to really use this podcast as a platform one way or another. If people want to do the vaccine, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. It's it's you know, that's why this is America. Yeah. Um I just kind of want to be able to do what we were doing before this again, you know. And if whatever re- whatever we need to do to get there is what we need to do you know yeah i
1: i i totally agree like you know i would i would love to be able to get back to a normal no, a normal life i guess sooner than later you know uh katie and i have had our vaccine since uh early early april or i think yeah early or mid april and uh we've just like only recently started going back out to uh to, to restaurants and in and, in and a, and a few bars here and there, but um you know, I just kind of want to be a, be able to be a person again and 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 see family and and uh you know hang out with a few friends outside of work <laughs> you know for the first time in a year, i guess
0: yeah, that's how I feel too I mean you know, having a kid now i'm not going to have a lot of time to do it anyways, well, having two kids actually, but um yeah, we both my girlfriend and I both got our shots too and and my job now like a lot of other jobs doesn't require at first it was just uh when because well, i work in retail when customers come in they didn't require it now they don't require anybody who's vaccinated to wear a mask but i'm still gonna yeah, keep it in mind for a while just I've, because i've yeah. noticed that
1: a little bit here and there yeah we we've definitely kept you know like kept wearing masks and yeah. you know at stores or anything like i just it's easier
0: i'm not really as as like I mean, yeah, it keeps you safe from, from COVID obviously, but it keeps you safe from a lot of other shit too. So I'm just going to keep, uh, probably. Yeah. I I might even wear mine through flu season. I haven't told you to stop Dude,
1: I didn't get sick. I didn't get sick once. Yeah. Like, like cold or anything. I didn't get sick once this last past year. And like, that was, that was a game changer in itself. So I'm, I'm down to to do whatever that's going to keep me from getting sick. No matter what.
0: Yeah. I think. Well, my girlfriend was obviously pregnant during cold season, and we have a. And he was he was two going on three at the time, and our whole house we only got sick maybe once throughout the whole season, and we usually get sick. He usually gets sick like every two weeks during from like, yeah right uh, right March, and he only got sick like a few couple times last year. So I feel like, you know, the, I mean, obviously we weren't going to as many places, and you know, I don't know where we'll be going in the fall and the uh, winter because it's going to take a little while having a a newborn or whatever, and she's a little smart because right. the way things happened obviously, but. Um I I personally was kind of a fan of of the whole hibernation thing to begin with because that's kind of how I've lived a lot of my adult life anyways. Um yeah. when I'm not going to shows and working, my girlfriend doesn't like the fact that I like to stay indoors, but it's kind of uh, always been a habit of mine <laughs> or hobby, either one, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely
1: uh, I definitely feel that like I'm
0: I'm I'm very pro
1: uh <laughs> hang out inside all the time
0: <laughs> yeah it's tough having kids now because now as they're getting a little older we go places and you know the, the, the fucking parents are going to want to have like a little small conversation and i'm just like trying, not, to, look, trying to look at yeah. my phone or you know Dude, not about it <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't like that either but i'm just my, my my good excuse for that is that i turned 40 this year most people who start having kids are, like, probably, like, 25 or 26, 30 at the oldest. Yeah. There's a big enough age gap there where I'm like, we're not going to have much to talk about. Just go find somebody, <laughs> some other parent. Leave me alone, you know. <laughs> please. a parent that's like, maybe has a common interest. Maybe they're wearing, like, a a bad brains or even, like, a red hot chili pepper shirt. Maybe I'll talk to them, you know. But please, parents, <laughs> totally, <it's> dude. <laughs> generation we live in, I don't, I don't know what these people are up to, so I'm not trying to, you know. So... Um, I know you kind of mentioned to me there's there's also like a new band in the works that you might be doing or that you're working on too, right? or
1: Yeah, yeah, um so this this new band's kind of been kicking around for uh a little while. um we kind of started it last year, uh which you know, like went and during the summer of last year when things were kind of like we you know seemed like they were chilling out a little bit and kind of getting back to you know kind of kind of getting back to normal um myself uh Juan Ortiz from California Cousins and then uh Scott who was in troubleshooter and night terror with with me um we started kind of writing songs that were uh when i describe the band to people I, I say it's like oh if, if the nerve agents and um and trash talk were a band which are kind of you know like they're both like east bay hardcore bands but uh oh i guess i guess trash talk used to be they're more i think they're la based now um, but you know, both under the same umbrella, but kind of polar opposites, you know? And, um, but that's like how, you know, how I've described it. It's just like, it's a, like a, like a hardcore band, like a, like a more punk leaning hardcore band with like some weirdo parts. And, uh, Matt Nursinger um, is actually doing vocals for it. So, and I know you've had Matt on the show, which is super cool. Um, yeah. So Matt's doing vocals and, uh, we're called only shallow and we are trying to do a demo kind of soon trying to like demo this. We have like, I think we have like eight or seven, seven or eight songs. We're trying to demo kind of soon. And, uh, we're trying to play, hopefully our first show in, um, September or October, you know? Uh, but we're kind of just like chomping at the bit to really, to really play and, uh, get these songs out there and get, you know, have people hear them. So super excited about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see, where, we'll see where it goes.
0: That's That sounds really dope, and we'll talk more off-air about doing some shows, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matt and Chris Pogue are going to be on here again soon. I talked to Chris about it on air on his episode. We came up with the idea of having – jumping back to the current events a little bit. Um, as I've referenced a few times, I'm very passionate about some of these subjects, but I'm not as knowledgeable as I'd like to be with right. the social justice and – you know a lot of that stuff and matt as you obviously probably know too is one of the more knowledgeable people on that kind of stuff so uh, yeah chris on again obviously you know there'll be some ball breaking going on in the episode too but <laughs> of course of course one of the main reasons to have those guys back on though is to kind of talk about a lot of the, the shit that's been going on uh the last couple of years and more specifically like the last year with a lot of what was going on so um, yeah that's you know that's super cool i mean
1: matt that's part of the reason that we asked you know we asked matt to um if you want if you'd want to try to do vocals because you know i've known that dude since he was in uh declarations which is a band from a couple you know like 10 years ago basically um i've known matt for a while and we we share a lot of common interests and he's he's very he's very pulled you know like very outspoken and in the best possible way and uh very knowledgeable and we wanted to find someone that would kind of. Um, you know, have something to say, uh, instead of, you know, just writing songs about this person that you hate. Yeah. I don't don't know. Like that's bad example, but, uh, yeah, we want, we wanted to have someone, you know, writing and doing vocals, uh, that could, could say something and could actually, you know, like weigh in on a topic that they're passionate about. And, um, yeah, Matt seemed like the perfect candidate and I love that dude. So, (laughs) super cool to be in a band with him
0: finally yeah and eat pizza at new ethic it's really good
1: oh dude yeah. so good i i i don't i don't get i'm not able to get out there as much as i'd like to but man uh the what i think it's the, the snap case pizza
0: <sighs> damn that shit's good i don't know i'm sure if i've had that one or not i think the gorilla biscuits one is when we get and gorilla i, biscuits, I, I like that I, one my girlfriend usually does the ordering on a lot of these places. So I, I know it's something with like chicken and whatnot. Well, obviously vegan Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff. So I can't really do like spicy stuff. So I have to uh she does a lot of the ordering to make sure it's not gonna fuck up my uh <laughs> when I uh, drank and did drugs the first time around in my like twenties and thirties, a lot of like spicy foods were mixed in late at night. So it Oh uh,
1: uh, dude. Yeah, I'm I can't I can't drink a cup of coffee after like six o'clock now so i i'm i'm there
0: <laughs> yeah so i guess kind of starting to wrap things up with the interview a little bit um that was a pretty cool bombshell you dropped with that band because i knew you were doing a band but i didn't realize that was going to be the cast so that's pretty cool do you have any any cool uh record label news you could tell people that we don't already know about or anything uh like that or anything yeah like that?
1: yeah a little bit yeah so we're gonna be so the only shallow demo will be out on the label this year um i really was not trying to do any more of my own bands but this is one that i am really excited about so we're gonna put it out later in this year um there the next update is gonna happen in july and uh there's gonna be this like punky black metal band called uh bat magic um that's really really cool i'm really excited about that um they're from all over the u s so it 's just like a few people who are you know who i've been i 've known for a while who reach out to me and ask if i 'd like to put it out and I ended up really liking it uh so that'll kind of be like the f- label's first kind of uh you know foray into into anything that 's like more black metal oriented um we're doing a drowse v h s uh of a couple different live uh sets, which is super cool that 'll be out then too. Um, and then as far as the rest of the year, uh, you know, I've, I've been in talks with a few bands who I'm still trying to work things out with, but, um, there's a band from LA called, uh, grave rust who, um, the, their singer Fern I've known for a little bit. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's someone that like everyone, you know, that I like, everyone's like, Oh, you lived in LA. Do you know, did you know, did you ever meet Fern? I'm like, yep. I know that dude. I love him. Super, super sweet uh but yes grave rust is super cool um there's a band from las vegas i believe called close combat uh and they kind of sound like think i care and that's super cool because i love think i care um and then at i think later in the year uh like winter fall uh achilles were trying to do the um last ep they just put out we're trying to redo it I'll or like a 12 inch release for it so uh rob and i have talked a little bit about that and you know i think we're trying to plan for the the winter or fall so yeah that's something that i'm super excited about and uh we haven't we haven't like posted about that being a thing anywhere but um yeah we're, we're working on that for the end of the year and that's that's a it's a big deal to me because achilles like obviously they're achilles but uh you know, they're one of the first bands besides i object and like wolves that i got super into from here in rochester so um really cool to be able to add them to the kind of you know roster of, of stuff that i've uh, i've been able to do and we've been able to do as a label so yeah yeah super cool
0: that would be dope to do something with achilles obviously shout out to rory nooch the whole gang you know that, yeah yeah absolutely to too. so that would be that would be really cool to get those out finally you know so yeah um that pretty much wraps up uh, the questions that I have left for this. Uh, is there anything else that we didn't touch on or anything that or any like shout outs or any anything else you want to plug? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess like check out the label if you're if you're into if you're into stuff, check out you know uh, Sora Collective and uh, maybe find a new band you might want to listen to or might be a super into. Um, check out the art by Dog Bites Back, All one word uh that is katie my girlfriend that's her art page she she has done a lot of stuff for bands um she did stuff for like self-defense family that they haven't really put out anything with yet and uh the band uniform who are from new york city who are super cool uh but yeah she does a lot of really really great art and it's all pretty dark and fitting to what the label it she does a lot of the design work for the label as well so that's kind of where that ties in um and that's kind of it. You know, that's, that's all I got to say. I'm sure I rambled way too much, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun, man. It was, it was definitely a good time. Um, so yeah, I guess that's going to wrap up episode 32 though. I want to thank Jared for coming on and doing the interview with me and for being patient with me, uh, kind of taking my sweet time over the last couple of months with this <laughs> um, as always. Anytime. And- as always, thanks to Rob Antonucci for the continued to support uh, extra special thanks to my family uh, and the new addition uh, we have now Marley So we're gonna have a lot of episodes coming out. Hopefully I'll be able to bang these out a little quicker. The next few episodes will feature Eric uh, EMS from Brothers Keeper, Derek Dole uh, Building on Fire 20 year touring anniversary episode with a few of those guys, uh, Joey from Irish Voodoo Records, uh, Benny Krueger and then uh, we're going to do the Matt or Chris Pogue episode that I referenced in this episode too. Um, I also honestly have about 15 to 20 episodes planned after that. So hopefully we can get a more consistent schedule and start banging these out. Thanks everybody for the continued support and check us out on the web at enterprise hardcore All right. Thanks again to everybody for checking out the episode. I'm going to leave you with two tracks from Jared's bands. The first song is by night terror and it's called compression decompression. And the second song is from Black Houses, and it is called Nightmarish Apparitions. See everybody real soon, and stay safe.